I'm going to be talking about something that I didn't actually plan on talking about really at all. I'd um, chatted to the leadership team a while ago with all these like great topics that I felt God had spoken to me about um, that I felt like would be really fun to learn about as a family. And then it came to preparing this and God was like, no, actually I don't want you to speak about any of those. I was like, oh, damn. Like I had that sort of half prepared in my brain. Um, but I'm really excited for what God is going to do. And what I'm actually going to share about is something that I've, it's just something really real and raw and a little bit vulnerable. And it's been something that I have been realizing and walking through myself. Um, and it's to do with culture. Um, it's to do with um, our family. It's to do our relationship with God. Um, but I also feel like it's something that doesn't always get talked about. It, like when I was preparing it, I felt a bit like it was like a taboo subject. You know, it's kind of like, this doesn't get talked about in church. And I'm not talking about sex. I'll save that for another time. <laughs> I would love to talk about sex. Next time, guys. Next time. <laughs> I'll add that to my list. Um, I think sex doesn't get talked about enough. Um, so, but no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about church and what to do when you find it really hard. And actually, you feel like church is a bit crap. And you don't really want to come. And you're like, why should I even bother on a Sunday? Like, and I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I may be, it's something that I've had many times. And this is my title of this preach is Church, the Wild, the Free, the Crappy. Um, because that has been my experience of that. I'm sorry if that offends you, but that is my experience of things. And think church, what I want to do today is church about, talk about how church is amazing. And actually my aim and what God has been doing in me has been reigniting this vision of what church is and why the heck we get up really early on a Sunday morning to do all this stuff when we could be sitting in a coffee shop with a flat white and a croissant, like, which is a reality, we could be doing that. Like why we do that? What is this all about? And actually all the wildness that I think has sort of drained away from church and the freedom that sometimes we don't always encounter in church. And actually, it's so easy when we're talking about this thing called church to like blame it on this institute that we, with this thing out here that we call church. Whereas actually, it's all about you and it's all about me. Yeah. It's about me. Yeah. If I have a problem with church, it's because I have a problem in me. Yeah. If I have, you know, it's, it, church is not a thing. It's not an institute. It's you and me learning how to love each other, learning how to trust each other, learning how to honor each other, learning how to encourage each other so that our dreams can come alive and ultimately the world and the cities and the lands that we are in, that they can be changed. So what, what do we do when we find it hard? What do we do um, when it feels difficult? And even practical things like Andy was sharing about, like, what does this mean for the setup team and for the kids' work? Like, practically, all this stuff, what I want to talk about is, I feel like, to be honest, there's been something off in our culture. Um, and I feel like there's been a misalignment. And I feel like some of that has been an assignment of the enemy, and some of that has been... Um, kind of choices that we as individuals have made. And I talk about all of this because this has been, what's, this has been my own heart. So this isn't 
I have, by the way, I've noticed this going on in you. I think it should get sorted out. I say this because I've noticed this in me, and I think I should sort it out. And so, and then I felt, as I was processing this myself, I felt like God say, this is actually not just for you. There's something actually that really needs to be shifted in our atmosphere and in our culture and in our family. Just not, not something big, not something like, well, we all need to go on mountains and you know, throw salt around, although I do quite like doing that. <laughs> I have to say, so anyone wants to do that with me, we can have a little trip. Love it. But it's actually, it's just this, I felt like there was this perfect shift that needed to happen. And almost like, I had a dream, actually, I was chatting to God about what to preach about, because Dad, um, uh, texted me a while ago and was like, do you want to preach? And I was like, okay. And then I had this dream. And in this dream, I was wandering around. It was just like a normal life dream. I was wandering around this dream, just like chatting to people, like being like, hi, hi. But there was this huge knife right here. This huge knife stabbed into me. And I was like walking around, like chatting to people, being like, don't you notice this enormous knife sticking in my side? And people were just chatting to me like, yeah, yeah. Hi, Kez, yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, no, you get, no, nobody, nobody's noticing this chat to someone else. This is all my dream, as in, in my nighttime dream while I'm sleeping. And I was just walking around, and by the end of the dream, I was like, no one noticed. What am I going to do? I've got this, like, knife sticking out of me. Oh, my goodness, this is really bad. I'm going to bleed, blah, blah, blah. You know, dreams are slightly bizarre. My dreams are slightly bizarre anyway. And then the dream kind of faded, and I went off into some other bizarre dream. And I just heard this really clear voice that was saying, Kezia, why don't you just pull it out? Like, just pull out the knife. I know that's bad actual first aid, I think. I don't think you should actually do that in actual real-life first aid situations from my training. But anyway, you know, it's a metaphor, guys. Um, and I was like, why don't you pull it out? And I was like, whoa. And then the next day, I felt like God speaking to me. I was like, I want you to preach. And as you do that, you're going to pull something out that's actually been in our family and in our culture. And there's almost been like this fog that's maybe come and clouded us. And I think some of that is to do around disappointments that we can have um, and a lack of expectations, uh, not a lack, a lack of boundaries and wrong expectations for this thing that we all love, which is church. Um, so it's time to get out of a fog. That's basically what we're going to do today. So I'm excited for what God's going to do because he's really good, isn't he? He is really good. I think he's good. So, my aim for today, and I think what God's going to do is, even as we speak, is that burdens are going to be lifted, fresh hope is going to land, and that joy is going to increase. I feel like there's been, like, almost needless fatigue. Like, I call it church fatigue. Maybe there's just a sense of just draining when it comes to stuff with church. And I feel like God just wants to, like, pop, pop that off, just let it disappear. So, I call this church, this um, preach, church life, the wild, the free, and the crappy. So, church sometimes can feel a bit rubbish. I mean, I don't know if you've known you're allowed to feel that, but you are allowed to feel that, by the way. Um, it doesn't mean you suddenly become a bad person. Um, but I also felt like it's not necessarily something that gets talked about, but church can feel confusing, it can feel hard, or it can just feel weird sometimes and a bit strange. Like, I'm in this room with all these people and there's noises and shouting and music, and you're a bit like, what? Like, this is a bit strange. But, we, and we do lots of odd stuff together. Like, we go and talk to people on the streets about how amazing they are. We pray for people's arms 
wants to grow back. We see things grow back. You know, there's loads of crazy stuff that happens. So first of all, we need to acknowledge and accept and give permission if those feelings are there. But before we dive into what can sometimes be hard about church, it's really important that we look at what church is first because it's awesome. Um, So you see, all my life, um, I have, church has been my, my home and my life, and church has just been always a part of my life. So my dad has always worked for churches, and it's been his job for all of my 29 years. Um, mom, my mum and dad, um, mum's here, and dad's somewhere in Inverness. Inverness. Um, we moved here as a family when I was 14 to um, start this church, and they're both now part of the leadership team leading this family together. Um, before that, you've like planted like a Brazilian other churches and done lots of other things. Um, So church has always been a really important value of my family, my immediate blood family and my wider family. It's been in my house. It's been what my family sacrificed for. It's what they fought for. It's what we've believed in wholeheartedly. And we've paid a high cost actually for this thing that is church as a family, just as I know a lot of you have as well. You know, a lot of you come with your own um, histories with God and with church life. And we, we, We do pay a price for it. But the reason that we do that is because of this big why. It's because we truly believe that church is the hope of the world and that we build and we serve and we sacrifice for church because it's the bride of Christ. It's part of his coming here on earth. You know, church is God's idea. It's, you know, we get to have fun in this playground which he calls church. That's why we do it. It's a place where the broken come and find a home. It's a place where the lost get found. It's a place where people learn what family actually is. It's where we get challenged and where we grow. It's where we learn to serve others. It's where we learn to honor and be honored. It's where we learn to give generously and where we learn to receive generously. It's where you learn to worship the one and true God instead of counterfeits like sex and money and ourselves and a whole bunch of random stuff out there. And it's where we find who we are, what we were made for, what our purpose is. It's the place of God's presence and his dwelling. It's a place of healing, of miracles. It's a place of fulfillment and contentment. It's a glorious and amazing place. That is, this is what church is. Amen. Well, I'm glad I'm not the only one excited about that. Because it's awesome, isn't it? When you you just take a minute and you're like, oh my goodness, it's all these things. And you're like, whoa, it's amazing. So it says um, in Colossians, is that Colossians? Yeah, Colossians 1, it says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Which is awesome. That's good. Mm. So, if you're in doubt about what church is, church is about making Jesus famous. It's like X Factor for Jesus. <laughs> but much better, obviously. Um, 
sprung to my mind. Um, and if that doesn't ignite your heart for church, just a snippet of some of the things I've spoken about, I highly recommend you go away, you say, hey, Holy Spirit, what's this bother with church? What's it about? What do you think about it? And the Holy Spirit will give you a very good answer. He will. He likes chatting about church. So if you're a bit like, nah, cares, yeah, I'm not that excited, I highly recommend you do that. So we've discovered that church is pretty awesome. So what goes wrong? What kind of goes wrong? Because God doesn't change. Like we know that his plan doesn't change. His goodness doesn't change. His perfection doesn't change. His fun doesn't change. His joy doesn't change. His peace doesn't change. So that never changes. Church is always glorious. It's always meant to be beautiful. It's always meant to be powerful. It's always meant to be the hope of the world. That is, that's just there. It's like cement. But sometimes things change. So that means something's changed on my end. That's, that's basically what it means. God doesn't change, which is why we can trust him and believe him and why we can have faith in him. So if something, if something, if it feels hard, it feels difficult, if I feel a bit like, then that's something to do with me. So I'm going to give you a quick whistle-stop tour of a little bit of my story so you can come where I'm coming from. So moved here when I was 14 to start this church with my family. It was God really spoke to us about doing it. It was kind of awful in many respects because I had to start a new school and I'm one of these highly sensitive people and school and friends and it was just not a great combination. And then at 17, I moved to start another church and then I got diagnosed depressed and I um, just found it hard. I felt a bit misunderstood in that environment and it was quite a controlling environment in hindsight, which is not a great place to be if you're kind of... Yeah, and creative and all that sort of stuff. So, and then at 20, some more crappy stuff kicked off here in this church family that was really painful for me and for my family. And um, I've just grown up very aware that my, my family gets talked about badly a lot of the time. You know, like a lot of people would um, talk crap about my parents or talk about us behind our backs or, you know, that kind of thing. It was just part of the job in terms of growing up. And, and it's one of the things, I don't talk about it much because it's like a like, tiny, tiny thing compared to all the amazing blessings, really, that I've grown up in and all the privileges I've actually had having the parents that I have. Because if you've met my parents, they're pretty awesome. So just FYI, if you haven't met them, you should meet them. Because they're great. Um, so it's ma- my life is mainly full of blessings, but it's not always been easy, this thing of my family, my relationship with God, and then this thing called church that just can sometimes feel a bit hurtful and unsafe. That was sort of my experience. So I think with this, I think as I had these different experiences, I didn't really feel that church was this place of like wild love and freedom. I mainly kind of felt like it was just a bit crappy. And so I've had to learn over the years, as God has taught me, hey, Kezia, I'm the same God, by the way. Like, I don't change. I'm awesome. Actually, I've had to learn, okay, well, what's, like, what culture am I creating in my heart? What culture am I creating in the conversations and the interactions around me? What am I believing? What am I thinking? Because if God's good, and this is his plan and his church, then the, the end is on me that makes sense. So, what do we do if, well, actually, no, first, I thought I'd do a quiz, because um, I really like quizzes. I grew up reading these magazines, like Ms. Magazine, and it's always like, how many, what's your job going to be in the future quiz? And I was always like, oh, love it. And I thought this might be a bit of a heavy topic, so I thought I'd put a quiz in here. Um, 
And the quiz, so if you get bingo, you don't win a prize, but you maybe know your heart is a little bit out of whack. So I've created this quiz because it's kind of all fine and good to be like, yeah, church is hard. Yeah, Kezi, I don't really feel like church is that hard. It's not that big a deal. Like, mm, well, whatever. And I, so I did this because it's just a couple of questions that I've noticed in me that, that are a little bit of like a ding, ding, ding sign that something is a little bit off in either what I believe, in what I'm thinking, or how I'm behaving. So it's just a bit of a, 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 a way to navigate through that apologies for spelling mistakes grammatical errors if that annoys you I do apologize I'm terrible at that kind of thing and Joe didn't proofread this which is what I know I know it was, it was my fault no no it wasn't Joe it was my fault Joe normally proofread everything because he's my um Joe is my daily miracle from the Lord he really is he's my husband by the way there he is um, so, this quiz, how do you know if your heart is out of whack or out of balance with church, or just sort of in general? This kind of can reply to that as well. So, question number one. Feel free, you can give yourself little tags as well, little, what's the word, tallies. There we go. Okay, so if, if this works, can this flick through to the next one? Oh, do you complain about the time and effort involved in going to church? Obviously, I've never thought about any of these questions before. Um, you know, they don't relate to me at all. But do you complain about time and effort involving going to church? Okay, next one. Do you often wonder why people aren't doing more? Next one. When was the last time you freely prophesied, pray for, or just plain old encouraged someone off your own back simply because you just love them? Next one. Do you feel resentful about church taking up so many of your resources? That could be time, that could be money, that could be energy, it could be a whole load of other things. Next one, do you struggle with joy? Do you feel like your joy barometer is just a bit like, it's just like stuck and dull and it's not like, it just doesn't move. You You don't feel lots of joy. You don't feel a lack of joy. You just feel a bit numb. Next one, do you fail to give financially, A, B, give very inconsistently, C, have given the same 10% tithe for years and years and years, D, rarely give generously to the church family in a spontaneous way just because you love it. Oh, I talked about money. Yes, I did. I just, I just went there. <laughs> Next one. Feel like you're so busy doing church stuff and are on a million rotors. Next one. Would you describe your relationship with God as intimate or functional? Are you at peace? Just in general, are you at peace? Feel at peace? Next one. Do you spend time thinking about how things were so much better in that other church over there when we did X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Next one. Spend time thinking about how awesome Sunday would be if church wasn't a part of it. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, I've had daydreams about, like, how much could I get done in a Sunday? If I wasn't, I could go to a coffee shop. I could redecorate my bathroom. I could do so much. Uh, next one. Complain that's about stuff that's not happening in our church. Why don't we have a marriage program or a money program or the poor program? Or why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Next one. Can't remember the last time you had a radical and real encounter. <laughs> it's a totally new type of encounter, guys. It's called encounter. If you don't know what it is, ask me about it later. <laughs> With God on your own. Oh, on your own. Want to disappear to a private island on your own? 
Actually, now I have times where I really just want to do that. I mean, I'd maybe take some friends and like food that's not pineapples. But so that is the end of our quiz. So if you feel like several of those maybe resonated with you, or you've just, it doesn't need to, it doesn't mean to be all of them, but if just any of that kind of brought up a, oh yeah, I maybe do think that, or I maybe have done that, then I've got you covered. We're going to talk about why on earth those things can happen. And this is all because I have thought all those things and have done recently. Like it was literally only a couple of weeks ago when God was a bit like, hey, Kezia, hey, you've kind of like totally like detached in your heart with church here and gotten a little bit annoyed and a little bit frustrated. What's going on here? And I was like, oh, oh I didn't know this was happening. And that is when, but it was, I was having all these different things, thinking about, oh, do you know how many good holidays I could go on or how many shoes I could buy if I didn't tithe every month? Like I could buy a good pair of shoes like every month if you didn't tithe. You know, it's a practical reality. It's not unholy to say that. You could do it if you, if you choose to tithe or give anything. You could go out and spend that on cake or on coffee or on some wine, but you choose to give it to God. And if you start to get resentful about that, ding, ding, ding. It's a little sign. Or even just wanting to disappear to a private island on your own. It's kind of that idea you just want to detach and remove and escape. And that's not what family is. Like, no matter how hard I tried, if I tried to detach and remove myself from my mom, I mean, that's just not going to happen. You know, mom would be like, oh yeah, I'm just going for a chat. Oh, I'm not checked. You've not spoken to me for a few days. Where were you? Oh, Kizzy, I'm worried about you. She'd come to my house. She'd come round. She would text me. She'd ring Joe. She'd, <laughs> she'd like, you know, she'd be like, I just, I'm just wondering how you are. That's what family is. Family is togetherness. So if you ever, and that's what this is. That's what church is. It's about family and community and love and, and, and that amazing unity. And actually, if we start to feel a detachment, if we start to feel resentful or things are hard or just, we're just numb, you know, we're just a bit non-excited. And then it's because there's one of these three, three things that's normally gone off. And that'll either be our expectations, our um, responsibility, or our boundaries. So, number one is expectations. So what, expectation is the belief that something specific is going to happen. So what are our expectations of church? Do you expect church to fix your marriage, fix your kids, sort out your finances, um, deal, help you prophesy more, all of these different things? What are your expectations? What are the specific things that you're expecting church to do for you? Um, Church is really glorious, and it will do all of things. It will help you with your finances. It will see miracles in our marriages and in our bodies and in our kids. And, you know, all of these things, which we've already talked about, we already know church is awesome. But it's not the fix-it Felix of this world. I don't know if anyone's seen Wreck-It Ralph. Anyone seen Wreck-It Ralph? Anyway, there's this guy called Fix-It Felix, and he has a hammer. Yeah, hammer. And so he just, like, will go and, like, fix things every time he touches this hammer. And I think sometimes it's really easy to think of church as just this instant fix-it kind of mentality and our expectation is that I come and like that consumer I come and this gets fixed and so I think if your expectations are in church this institute this thing that is church instead of in God and the Father and the Holy Spirit then it's a very slight shift but it's not that healthy if that makes sense for all our hope is in God it's in him He's fix it, Felix, but so much better. <laughs> and actually, church is glorious, um, and it is amazing, 
but it's his, it's not ours. So our hope's in him, and then there's this thing called church that is attached to him. It's not church, and through church we find God, and he fixes things, actually. So it's so, so important that we don't have this expectation, you know, that, that why isn't this fixed, and why isn't this fixed? And I, so I've had to learn for myself in the coming weeks, so like, what are the expectations I have on church for myself? What am I expecting it to fix? And, and actually realigning that, that, this is his church, and that we know he is good, but we, my, all my hope is in him. And I, God spoke to me a while ago, this was a few number of years ago, but he was like, you know, Kezia, you're not meant to worship church. Like, you're meant to worship the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Church is kind of just this place where I live, and it's a bit mysterious, but it's awesome. But it's very easy. Not all of you will resonate with this, but if you've grown up a lot in church life and really serve and love and blah, blah, blah all around church, it's very easy to kind of worship the doing that is church instead of the being that is us and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We don't worship this, this organization that is church and that is good and that is glorious. We actually, that, that becomes, that's when something off happens. Our job is to be and to rest in the Father and cultivate intimacy and connection with him. And it was a really powerful distinction where God was like, Kezia, you just made an idol out of church. That's why you get so disappointed. That's why you get so annoyed. That's why you get so hurt because you've, you're worshiping this thing that you never meant to worship. You meant to worship me. So... If you, you'll find your expectations are off if you're worshipping the wrong thing. And it's a very slight thing. And we do it because out of a good, like we do it out of like that good intention. But it can end up a bit murky, which is what I found. Okay, number two is response, no, it's one, two. <laughs> Keep myself on check. Um, is responsibility. So this is along the lines of expectations. Um, and it's kind of just out of that. But I wanted to address it separately. But whose job is it to fix your marriage, to help you grow in the prophetic, to build community, to provide for our city? Like whose job is it? Whose job is it? Yeah, it's your, it's mine. If my job, if my marriage is a mess, it's my responsibility to fix it. That doesn't mean I have the power to fix it, but it's my responsibility to take action on it and then trust that God in all his miraculous power is going to come and go poof and I'll or be glorious. Um, but it's really interesting that we, we often come to church, we're used to church being this more institute-like organization thing. The idea of church being wild and free, it's not often the words we use with church, is it? We're kind of like, it's like serious and certain things should happen in church and, and certain things should. That doesn't mean there's no boundaries, there's no structure, but we have this idea of this more institution-based model where it's actually, that's not how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God works by you taking responsibility for you. So the church, it's not the church's job to um, fix things or to take responsibility for your debt or to take responsibility for your growth in the prophetic or to take responsibility for whatever it is that is going on. And it's so easy for us to think that this outside thing called the church, that's, you know, we need to do some work with the poor in Glasgow, which we do because there are a lot of poor and vulnerable people in Glasgow. So it'd be easy for me who has a heart for that, to think, oh, well, 
the responsibility for that is the churches, this, this thing, this organization, this institute that I'm part of that is church. Why haven't the leadership team done anything about that? Why haven't they done anything about that? It's really important. We, we know we're a church. Why haven't, do you see how I've just transferred all responsibility then to this thing that is church or to this group of people that is the leadership team or whatever you call it? And actually, responsibility is mine. It's completely mine. It's my job to do the things that God's called me to do. It's my job to take action on the things that I feel that I uniquely am created for. It's my job. And it's not a heavy thing, because if you're in connection with the Father, then actually he shows you, he navigates this through. But if we're putting all our responsibility, if we're kind of putting the responsibility onto this outward thing that is church. We can sometimes give ourselves like a, like a little free card that's like, ah, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what I do. It's all about the church. And that's not right either. That's off, actually. You and me are the church. Like, there's not an institute. You know, we're obviously not even in a church building. It's not about a leadership team or small group leaders. It's about you and me. We are the church in what we do. And I know if a bunch of you theologians out there, I'm not going to go into the theology of it, but you should ask people who you do know who are theologically minded, like Joe and Neil Petrie, if you want to know more about you know, the robust theology of church. But actually, we are responsible for us. If you want to see something happen, actually, you are powerful and glorious and filled with the fullness of Christ. So you can do something about it. How awesome. Isn't that, isn't that exciting? Yes. I think it's exciting. So, and number three is, when things go a little bit awry, if you feel like stuff's a bit hard, um, is that there's boundaries or a lack of boundaries. So it's really easy to have zero boundaries in church because it's kind of voluntary. If you're on like setup teams or kids work or that kind of thing, it's voluntary. So, you know, it's not like you have to come here by nine o'clock, otherwise I won't pay you. It's kind of generally a good incentive for getting people to places on time. It's voluntary, but it also it's hopefully something you believe in. You believe in it. There's this belief in you that's like, yeah, this is the hope of the world. Yeah, this is awesome. There's that little God-given part in you somewhere, even if it's just a little bit that's like, yeah, this is what I'm created for. You know, so that's what brings us here. But then we assume, because everyone here loves Jesus or says they love Jesus or whatever, we all assume that we all have the same boundaries, right? Wrong. No. No. No, we really don't. Like, we don't. And actually, it was, this has been a real recent realization for me. I think growing up in church life, being my house, family, you know, all of those kind of things, I realized I didn't have a lot of boundaries with church. And so if anything happened, if I saw a need, if, I, something said, if someone said something, if there was anything happening in church, I would feel negatively, emotionally about it. If I saw the need for the setup team, I'd be like, oh, no, that's really hard. The setup team is really, really difficult, and it's, like, sweaty, and it means getting up early. And, you know, oh, that's really sad that they're doing that on their own. Or, like, the kids' work team, they're in need. Like, I would feel it would railroad onto my heart. And it was because I had no walls on my house. So, like, any drama, any need that happened within this family would bulldoze into my heart and disturb my peace. And the church isn't meant to do that, actually. It's not healthy. Just because it's church doesn't mean it can just bulldoze into all the things that you'd use to protect yourself and keep yourself healthy. And some of you, hopefully, will have really great boundaries in place, and that's great. Um, but some of you will be like, mainly like, boundaries, what an interesting concept. 
I mean, I don't live an open plan life. Oh, oh hard. This is, this, is, this is new. So this is a new thing I'm working on because I realized when every time something would happen with church, it would just hurt me so much. Why is there not enough people in kids' work? That's really sad. What about setup team? Why aren't we serving the poor? What about human trafficking? What about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? Like there's loads of stuff, isn't there? Always. And every time I heard something, every time someone said something in need, or every time I just had a cool idea, like, wouldn't it be really cool if we did church and, and this and this, and we all went to the moon and we did church service here in a spaceship. And I'm like, it would like railroad my heart, make me, hurt me, because there was no boundaries to protect myself. I'd get so disappointed. I'd feel so guilty because, because you're white. Why aren't you on the setup team? Why aren't you doing kids? Why aren't you doing all the things to fix this which by the way is a really bad idea to try and do that if you if you try and I, and I would feel so bad guilty sad because this city needs a lot there's a lot of need in this city there's a lot of need in this church just in this family and so I'd feel so bad and guilty and horrid so the best when you feel that way you just detach don't you you just kind of go oh oh this oh okay right I'm just going to step away it's just easier if I step away, then this stuff doesn't hurt me. I don't have to deal with this. I'm not that bothered. It's not that important. You just detach from things. And that, guys, isn't healthy either. That's not family. That's not what we do in family life, actually. And the answer to that is not to step away. It's not to not care. It's to get some flipping boundaries. That's the answer. And that is what I... I'm working on, so feel free to ask me in the coming months, guys. Look at see how are your boundaries doing in life and church and everything. But if you're feeling burnt out, if you're feeling like church is hard, if you're feeling resentful, if you're feeling just a bit meh around this glorious thing that is the hope of the world, that is Jesus in all his fullness coming to earth and bringing salvation, healing, and power, if we start to feel a little bit like eh, it's normally because of one of these things has gone off and is, is out of balance. And I think learning how to have boundaries within church is okay. It's okay that you can't be on six million rotors. It's okay. It's okay if you can. Some people can. You're just like, how do you do that? You're a miracle. <laughs> I always think that. I'm always like, how do you manage that? But it's okay. But no one is going to define your boundaries other than you. And there's always going to be need. Always. So, getting your boundaries sorted, your expectations aligned with God's expectations, and what's the other one? Taking responsibility. If we, because I've seen this, I'm being honest, guys, in this, I've been in this church since I was 14, so I know a lot of people pretty well, <laughs> and how things work, and I love, I love this church, as I, I do, deeply, I love this family, um, so, so much. But I've noticed there is this, there's just been this fogginess in our culture where it's like things like, like the setup team. I'm not, I'm not saying this just going to be all together on the setup team, but that's like a, like you have all these things, boundaries, expectations, responsibilities that then lead to disappointment and lack of joy and resentment and that kind of thing. That all outworks itself in the practical things down here, yeah. actually. The fruit of this stuff being out of whack is that our kids don't get all the amazing attention that they deserve to get on a Sunday morning. It means 
we, the setup team, it's left with one person like doing a million squats with tables, like stressed out, they're not. You know, it means other things. It means we don't start that exciting initiative where we're looking to end human trafficking in Glasgow. You know, like it starts with this stuff up here. And that's what I really wanted to, that's why I really felt so strongly that that kind of fog needed to shift. That actually it's okay if you do sometimes find church a bit hard, like, that's all right, that's real life. Hello, church is filled with people that are learning to be more like Jesus and walk in that revelation. Um, but we are all, you know, it's not perfect. I've lived with my parents who've lead, lead, led the church for years and years, and they're great, but they're not perfect. Like, family, good family isn't perfection, actually. It's about having these, it's about healthiness. So, what I would really like to do is, well, it's time to get kids, is I felt like there was, I felt like I was free writing, if anyone knows what that is, what God was saying, and I felt like God speak to me about something that I wanted to say over us as a people. So I think we're just going to do that. Is that all right, John? Great. So for some of you, you might be like, oh, well, don't really feel this, but yay, Kezia, that's great. And some of you might be like, oh, oh, this is like, I don't really want to go there. But what I really want to do is that, to be honest, what, how you feel personally is down to you to go and deal with, with God for the rest of the week and today and whatever. But I really feel like there's a prophetic call actually on us as a family. We need to get this flipping knife stuck out of our bellies. Like, it's just not, it's just like we're just walking around like, oh, I've got a knife, I've got a knife in me. This is so unhelpful. I wish someone would help me. And actually, all we need to do is go, oh, like, oh, it's done. So, how we're going to do that is I want you to stand. And I just want you to get, actually, you don't have to stand if you don't want to, but you've been sitting for ages. It's good for you to stand. Um, so... What I want you to do is I just want you to close your eyes and just start to connect with the Father. Just say hello. Um, and then I'm just going to read something over us in a minute. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Hmm. I felt like the Father say, I want you to know I'm coming after my people. I'm running and I'm coming and will never stop coming. I'm coming for my bride and my family. I need to remind people of whom and whose they are. This is no ordinary family or ordinary thing. This is not a religion. It's time for the yoke to be removed for for who's fooled you into thinking that you can mess with my holy plan or my holy people. Judgment and pretending you're powerless isn't fitting for my awesome people, for my bride. Complaining leads to to a hard heart and a corrupt culture. What happened? What happened? I know things aren't always easy, but did I ever tell you they would be? It's time to move into the land I have for you. The land where I come and keep coming, a land of abundance and a wild and reckless freedom. Being free can feel scary when you're used to chains, my loves, and it's normal to behave like you want to go back to them. So you have a choice to be wild and free or to put the chains that I have unlocked when I shed my blood. 
This isn't about Sundays or about serving. This is about your heart and if you choose to defend it. Will you defend us in your heart? Will you defend my name and my truth on your lips and deeds? Will you be wild and free with me? Will you be wild and free with me? Because my loves and my little ones, you are on the cusp of things that you have never even dreamed of. You're on the edge of the ride of your life. I don't speak promises over families to frustrate and confuse them. I don't give you my dreams to show you what can't be. You're on the edge of a wild and reckless wind that is for all. And it's surprisingly safe and infinitely kind. I'm going to reignite the fires of what you call revival and what I call normal. I want to do something extraordinary in your midst, more than you can dream, more than you have seen. So align yourselves so I may pour and pour and pour and pour and pour and pour my oil of gladness and blessing. So come with me, my wild and free ones, because then we can run free. So yeah, Father, we just, we want to be your wild and free ones. Father, we want to love your church in the right way. Father, so Lord Jesus, right now, we just say no to any fog, to any assignment against our family that would bring disappointment and resentment in Jesus' name. We just say you're not welcome here. We just remove you in Jesus' name. And we just speak love and health over our culture, over our minds, over our bodies, over our spirits. Father, and we say yes to the things that you're doing in this city and in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen.